At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to the Psycho Vertical Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kirkpatrick. Uh, as usual, I need to apologise for not having done a podcast for uh, many months. Um, I've just got my next round of Peter Thiel funding through, so I can now do some more podcasting. Um, joke. Um, so, yeah, the reason I'm, the reason I'm getting off my arse and doing a <laughs> doing podcast is uh, I... I have like a loads of emails uh, with people asking questions and things, um, and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of ignore them. But, um, but then one of the, uh, one of them is actually time sensitive because it's someone who's leaving on an expedition tomorrow on the thirteenth. Um, so I decided I better. I didn't want to be too slack. You know, like what if I didn't say something and something terrible happened i could never live with myself all that kind of stuff um so uh so yeah so i decided to do a podcast and re- reply to this question and then maybe i'll get back into the groove of doing some more some more podcasts um what have i got any news i should fill you in um i do have some news but i can't fill you in on that news um yes i'm transitioning um uh <laughs> I wonder if life is like I, I I was looking at someone on uh on Instagram um I've kind of gone back to Instagram a little bit but it's just uh it's only a, only a small amount um uh someone who uh, just got um pretty bad frostbite climbing in Alaska and they were all kind of you know stressing about it as you would having bad frostbite in her, in her toes um and uh, being my usual, you know, positive self, I sort of made a comment that, uh, like, all life is about change management, and you just you'll just adapt as you always do in life to whatever life brings you. You know, if you've got like, you know, got less toes, you'll have to do something. Like Ronald Messner lost like more, lots of his toes, and he was he was he was grand with it. So, um, drama drama queen. Um, uh, what's I going to do with this? And uh, anything else happening? Um, I went over to the lakes recently. Uh, it was terrible. I had a terrible trip to the lakes. 
and Noah got like sickness and vomiting thing. And then I then I got it and Vanessa got it and all that kind of stuff. So that was and the weather was crap and it was uh a tree fell on the place we were staying in and it was all it was terrible. I think I, I just I just can't wait to I always just can't wait to get home these days. It's I'm turning into one of these like really reclusive um reclusive people. I went to the best of Banff yesterday. It wasn't really the best of Banff, it was just like the Banff on tour, world on tour. That had some good good stuff in it. It had um it had uh, a very good film about I don't know if you've anybody seen it, that film about Action Direct, that French woman doing Action Direct. Uh I thought that was really good. And uh I quite like I quite liked the fact that this woman was in the French climbing team and they wanted her to like dedicate all her time to the uh you know, being in the Olympics and stuff and she was like a fuck that and she went off and just tried to do Action Direct instead and tried for like over years and years and years. And what tell you what happens at the end. But anyway, so it was. Uh, I thought that was quite good. It's quite good when people kind of turn their backs on things that make you know sense and do things which which don't make any sense at all. And uh, yeah, I think that's good. I think it may, maybe when you do the right thing all your life, is you is you probably get to a point in your life where you realise everything was you did the wrong thing all your life, but you didn't realise it until until you know until it's too late. So um, yeah, so my. my 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 son is still here. My other son, my my second grade son, is um my orig- original original. It's good to tr- it's just it's good to have loads of kids because then you can sort of work through all your shit dad stuff, um and just work it out. I did a I did a post on Instagram. I not honestly I don't I don't go on Instagram very often, but I did do a post on Instagram. I don't know why. I think it's I think the reason I've gone back to Instagram is I need some kind of creative outlet because I don't do I don't do anything that's creative anymore. I just write like I'm writing the book a book now about um top rope soloing um on the line it's called. And the reason is is that if you do a Google search for top rope soloing or petzl shunts whatever you generally somehow get to my website and I seem to become like someone who seems to know what I'm talking about even though everything I've written is probably not not correct. So um so I started updating me, myself, and I the book about rope soloing, and I think there's like about a, there's like a paragraph about top rope soloing in there about training for, for for like big wall soloing, and I started like rewriting that, and then I was like, but the, before I knew it, I'd written like you know like thirty thousand words on this one thing, so so yeah, so I've I've decided to just focus on that, get that get that done because a lot of people seem to be top rope soloing these days. And try and sort of get get all the current thinking and stuff into some form of stuff people can read, and uh, bang bang that out. So, um, but that's a, that's a long long drawn out process doing that. So, like nothing ever, nothing. I, don't, I think it's just me. I think I'm just not cut out to to do anything complicated because just takes. I spent like all morning just working out what like um, the European, you know, the EN. Five seven three regulation for, you know, rope something devices is and, God, it's like I don't I don't know why I can't just just I'm reading this book about sea kayaking, and it's just, you know, where this guy has basically got like one line about say like like a a, a draw a drag, you know, thing drag thing you throw at the back of your kayak so your kayak, I would probably end up writing a whole chapter about it. And I don't even know what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it's 
it's it's a it's a it's a problem. Like it, a lot, it's good if you read if you're like a book like Down. Like when I look at it now, I'm like that could actually be twice as long if I actually put put more effort into it. Um, but it is it is a bit it is a bit um, it is a bit disturbing how much detail you can go into. But I do I do, I do actually I think maybe it's a real male thing. Like men really like real kind of detailed stuff like really go you know like i should i might get into like making steam en- steam railways or something you know toy steam railways because that's the kind of thing like oh what kind of uh what kind of brass piping are you using there what kind of is it you know and all that kind of stuff so anyway but yeah so i'm doing all this kind of god-awful boring shite about stuff metal stuff and and trying to you know trying to come up ways of describing it that's not confusing um but i'm not but i'm not doing anything creative at all like this is kind of creative but i'm not doing this either so so yeah not doing anything creative maybe i have to take up watercolor water paint water watercolors and i can just kill myself um so yeah so that's uh so yeah so going on going on instagram is my attempt to be a little bit more creative but literally i only ever write like two two words so it's not that creative, but I did say I did. So I did. I did. I did. Had a picture of it. it looked like a child who'd been hit. It's actually my second class son, Ewan, uh, when he was a kid, and uh, he hadn't been hit. He, um, but he said it was that. It's like a good question, like a good sort of what's to call it thought <laughs> thought bollock or something. What, what would you call it anyway? You know, like we're not we're not allowed to hit our children anymore. You know, unfortunately. But we are allowed to give them drugs. So if your child is like unruly and you're uncontrollable, you're no longer allowed to, you know, give them a little whack with a ski pole like you used to in the, you know, you know, a few years ago. Um, but you can give them inf- an- amphetamines, 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 amphetamines. I've only had amphetamines once. And it's so affected my brain. Um so yeah, so I, I just I just wrote something like that down, and um, that I, that's that's probably one of my making comments like that, like making little comments, can get you into a lot of trouble. Like that's if that's one reason why people think I'm um, Islamophobic. I am, but people think I'm Islamophobic. Oh no, really Islamophobic, and um, as long as you don't don't, don't don't like come near me. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. I actually quite like religious people because you know what they at least you know what they what they what they think um but i made that comment about why is you know it's very common it's a very common like little thing to say but it's like why is every time one person you know one american guy shoots lots of people with a gun then everyone who's got a gun is to blame and you have to take the guns off them but when it's a islamic terrorist you know it's just that one individual like the religion hasn't got anything to do with it so um it's it's not making making it making any you know it's just like it's just an interesting observation probably not ever interesting um but anyway but it was sort of signaled me out as being islamophobic so as seen as i am it doesn't really matter does it um but i'm probably less probably less islamophobic than and 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 you know like anti-theist than i used to be i used to like just hate all religions so but now much more um you know much more you know less judgmental about these things um so what's that got to do with what i was talking about uh, 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 twitter instagram oh yeah so instagram so that's why i'm back on instagram i think my instagram is like andy k climbing something like my daughter did it for me <laughs> like a really old person so yeah um 
but I am trying to keep up. Between, you know, if, if I, I just have to get rid of... Uh, there's some, certain things you have to get rid, of, rid, get rid of in your life in order to have more time to do useful stuff. And um, if you're not willing to get rid of pornography, then something else has to give. So, um, so yeah. Um, climbing, basically. So... So yeah, any other any other news? Um, I've not been doing anything. Not been going anywhere. Um, no, not really. I don't think I've got any news whatsoever. I think I must have some news, but I can't think what it is. Um, yeah. So so the que- the question um, was from uh, John, who I'm thinking he is probably from England Shire because he's. Uh, um, you know someone I know in Otley, so it's uh, I'll read it out and then we'll we'll bang we'll go into it. So hi Andy, I was wondered if you might I was wondering I wondered if you might give me give us us that's a, that's a classic northern way of saying it. Oh, uh, oh it was. <laughs> someone was asking me about this the other day about about how how people often write how they how they speak. Oh, it's. Um, me was we are with where oh, what is it uh anyway there's some weird there's like some weird thing weird, weird sort of yorkshire isms um anyway <laughs> i wondered if you might give us us some top tips for our i'll read it in the proper accent probably i was wondering if you might give us some top tips for our three-man trip to climb denali leaving 13th of may we have not done an expedition before, being far more used to alpine-style mountaineering, and it is blowing our minds thinking through all the pros and cons of clothing, food, and cooking, and keeping warm, as well as the crevasses and high alt risks. That's that's not alt as in alt-right, that's in alt as in high altitude. A few things we are worried about are, number one, how do we protect against sweat wetting our clothing and not being able to dry it out? Number two, what food would you take on such a trip? All dehydrated? Question mark. Number three, any thought on clothing combos? Where to, where to cope with the huge range of weather and how to make sure we protect our sins against frostbite? Any other tips welcome. We have researched, but you've, your first-hand experience will be really helpful. Love your blog, by the way. Thanks, John. So, um, so I do apologise, John. You might be like some kind of, um, you might be from Essex or somewhere, and you're highly offended about my, my accent. So, so right. So let's let's think. I'll I'll answer the que- I'll try and answer the questions to begin with. Number one: How do you protect against sweat, wetting? out our clothing and not being able to dry it out um on an expedition to denali or most any expedition where you're in a tent generally it's actually quite easy to dry things out uh because ideally nothing's going to get really wet like on denali you might get you might get really wet low down um hopefully it's not going to rain but it might it might rain, but hopefully it's not going to rain. But you might have like sort of wet snow if it like up rolling around in it. You'll, you you generally would get wet mostly if you were um, doing a lot of digging. So if you're digging a snow hole or you're digging a, 
a pit for your tent or a trench or a wall or whatever, then the the particles of well, it, when you're digging outside, if you're not digging in a hole, the particles of snow are in the atmosphere, you know, in the air, and they land on your clothing, and your your clothing is warm, and it'll start wetting out. So the classic advice is if you're gonna start digging a snow hole, and I, I would recommend John to really get good at uh, digging holes, <laughs> digging in general. Like if you're by the sound of your accent, you're probably like a bin man or something or a street cleaner so i would uh you know but but digging there's a lot of digging involved so if you're gonna do if you're gonna get you start digging or do anything you know hard work um you either want to not be wearing many any clothes at all ideally because you're going to get quite hot um but that's probably not going to go well and on denali so you generally the you know this is all well known you tend to strip down to as few clothes as you can Put your waterproofs on, and um, and kind of get to it. So, because you don't want to get you don't want to get sweaty, and you don't want to uh, get your you know whatever you got on underneath wet. Which doesn't really matter because what you got underneath is going to get damp because it's sweaty, and what what's on top is going to get damp. So you just you just don't want to be wearing a down jacket, you know, or you know that that kind of stuff. Um. So, but the actual drying your clothing, like some things that get really wet. So the things that are going to get the most wet are probably your socks, number one, um, your your base layer from sweat, and your gloves, and maybe things like your, you know, like anything that goes around your around your face, so like a balaclava, buff, whatever. Now, luckily, nearly all those things dry very quickly. Uh, like you, you don't want to get into your, you don't want to get into your sleeping bag. Like the the primary area, probably going to dry things which aren't soaking wet is going to be in your sleeping bag. So if things are a little bit damp, um, you know, like you 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 know, you're going to get into your, you're going to get into the tent. You're going to put your put some warm clothes on, like say your duvet jacket. Maybe you'll have some sort of um, sort of puff pants type type of things or some warm warm trousers or whatever and uh that moisture in your you know you're going to be warmer inside the tent the stove's going to be on the temperature's going to get quite warm in a tent even in the even in the you know when it's super cold outside it like the temperature will really heat up and you any moisture in your clothing that's not saturated is just going to transfer out into your other clothing and the other the, the the density of the other clothing so so high that it doesn't really it doesn't really matter on that kind of thing because it it generally just it's just gonna it's just gonna it's not a, it's not gonna be a big problem like every things are gonna be drying all the time like when you're inside the tent um, you can dry things uh, you know like you'll you'll find that as long as you've got like pretty good um, base layer kind of clothing it's not crap uh, you're gonna be you know things are going to be da- getting damp, drying, getting damp, getting dra- drying, like all all the time. And the only the only place where that is a problem is probably in your underwear, as in your around your around your bollocks and stuff. You um, it doesn't seem to be so, so much of a problem with women, but with men, it's is that you you will get like um, salt crystals building up inside your inside your clothing, uh, which can rub, so you can get rubbage. Like underneath your armpits, uh, between your legs, uh, between your thighs. So having um, 
having spare underwear, you know, lots of spare underwear, and having underwear that's in not like you don't want to get too hot. You don't want to get too, you don't want to be sweating too much, basically. So when you're moving, you want to be like stripping down, but and you want to have clothing you can put on very very quickly over the, over the top of everything else, because the you just have to reduce the the sweating as much as you can, but you can't eliminate it. You're always gonna be dealing with sweat, and the sweat is is not so much of a problem as long as it's as long as it's not really really bad. Um, but the main thing for me over a long period would be the build up. Of, uh, of 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 ice, the buildup of salt, which would which would make your clothing more abrasive against your skin. Now, if you're, you know, if you like end up like getting rub rub red raw between your legs or under your armpits or you know where your back where your rucksack is like rubbing on your small of your back or whatever, that's going to be like extremely painful and it's going to make a, you know, it's gonna it's gonna really spoil the the enjoyment. So. So I would, if you got plenty of fuel and stuff, I would, uh, I would always, well, I'd, I would take, I would really focus on having something to deal with that. And often, if you if you use like a barrier cream, so you get like Glide or like Vaseline doesn't work great. Get some bag balm. Like bag, get some bag balm when you're in Alaska. When you're in Alaska, you'll get it from um, the chemist. Little tin of bag balm. That's pretty good. It's for like cows, udders. Um, if you see any cows, you can like you know make their day. So, but that's that's kind of uh, anything that's kind of a jelly kind of thing. I'd also take some like pseudocrem, like that's like pseudocrem is very very useful, like a little thing of pseudocrem. Like I'm I'm not talking like a giant like liter of it, but like take some pseudocrem and also the uh, ibuprofen gel is actually quite good as well if you get the odd the odd you know tweaky thing that is kind of useful for that. But anyway, so so yeah, so so I'd, re, I'd maybe I'd focus more on the rubbing and abrasion and skin damage from moving rather than like frostbite and and all that kind of stuff. Like you really shouldn't be getting frostbite on Denali. Like you must you 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 know you know you really you really shouldn't you really shouldn't be getting frostbite on Denali. Like you know you're not it's not the nineteen sixties. Like you've got really good gear um you just have to not fuck up and if you've not done anything like this before if you've not been to this kind of mountain before the the number one thing to realize is like you're not in scotland and you're not in the alps so if you're in the alps even in the winter time you know you might be you know coming off a route or going to route and it's like really really windy and it's cold and and you're kind of a bit cold but you're but you're okay and coming you know coming down off scotland it might be like you know 60 mile an hour winds and you're getting battered around and you know you, you know yeah but you're going to be at the car soon doesn't really matter like in on alaska as you get higher higher up there you've got um you you are you're a little you're always going to be tired you're going to you might you might feel stronger as you get higher because you because of the altitude <laughs> the altitude makes you feel stronger didn't know that did you no but you you will be getting stronger as you're going up as long as you're eating well and you're sleeping well and everything else and you're taking your time slowly uh, the the altitude is going to affect you when you get up above. Um, uh, like it's it's probably it depends how fast you go, but if you get to is it camp five? Uh, for, anyway, the the last camp, you you're probably going to feel it up there. But um, but yeah, the you are on you are like a lot higher, 
and it is colder than it seems. So where you would take your glove off, you know, in Scotland or ice climbing in the Alps and something, and you'd be like, you know, be doing your boots up or whatever, and you put them back on again. Like on Denali, there's there's more of a chance that you might get frostbite, and and also, you know, you have to be, take a lot more care about your face. Uh, you know, like frostbiting, getting frostbite on your on your on your cheeks, on your nose, uh, your ears, all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, so yeah, so so take take stuff for um, for abrasion, and and also take stuff to deal with abrasion. And if you start feeling something's going on, you know, if you if you're walking along the glacier on day one. And you start feeling like you're you've got a sweaty ass or something in your you know you start feeling that there's something rubbing you know it's like oh if you if you're doing like a half marathon and you start feeling like you the seam in your shorts is rubbing then yeah it's gonna it's gonna it's not gonna be too bad because by the time you finish and you get home and have a shower it's over but if you start feeling like that on day one of like a four week trip then. Th- it's gonna it's gonna be difficult for that to heal properly. You're gonna have to start covering it up and everything else. So you know, so always um, so try and think of you more of you doing something that's uh, athletic, less you know, but less mountaineering, if you know what I mean. So um, you know, like anyway. So so yeah. So so anything that's wet is probably gonna dry in your tent or when you're wearing it. Uh, if you get this if you get the stove on um like if you take plenty of fuel this is like this is voiding the warranty by the way like this is not what people recommend you can run your stove inside your tent without a pan on it and it'll be fine um you're not going to die of anything you can leave you know can vent get, give yourself some ventilation but you can actually create like a lot of heat like inside your tent you could just you could have it in the porch but you know if you really want to get like a real kind of heat going you want to put it and get it inside your tent if you've got a big tent you know and obviously take precautions don't burn yourself don't set the tent on fire uh you know get the get the stove going so it's stable then bring it into the tent put it on the tent but on a wooden board and all that kind of stuff and you'll actually generate like a huge amount of heat which was actually dry stuff you can stick all your socks um in the t- you know I've, I've lots of lines in your tent for socks and everything else to sort of dry out but only only hang stuff up when it's actually warm in the tent uh you know as soon as it's as soon as you've got rid of some of the moisture uh, i'd always when you go to sleep you want to kind of put them in your sleeping bag now i know you know this is this is again people say not to do this but because you're in a tent and you've got a very warm sleeping bag uh and you and there's this kind of moisture in there's um you know there's, there's always heat in the tent of everybody else then it's not such a big issue really your your sleeping bag is constant constantly going to be drying out the only time you're probably going to struggle is when you're like at high altitude so going up to 14000 feet up to camp 4 you know don't don't really worry about it when you get camp 4 it'd be like being on a on a on a you know mediterranean beach or something but it's only when you get higher that's when you have to be a lot more careful so you, but when you get higher there's less chance of things being wet because you've all you're higher and also you you know what you're doing but the number one thing not to get wet are your socks if you start the day with wet socks unless you've got well no matter what boots you've got you are running 
a risk. Well, you're you're definitely going to have a shit day. But also, you're running the risk of, um, you know, of some of of you know a, a frostbite or some kind of like skin skin damage. So it's unacceptable to start the day with wet socks. And and everyone, like if your mate has got wet socks, then that's 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 on you as well. Like it's you're a team, so everyone has to start the day. With wet with with wet socks, no, everyone has to start the day with dry socks, and everyone has to start the day with dry gloves and dry mitts, and basically, you know, like you. So, you know, if someone says like, "Oh, I forgot to put my, forgot to dry my socks," uh, my, I left my socks out last because I was so tired. I got in, I just threw my socks, and they're all frozen at the end of the sleeping bag. Instead of saying you wanker, um, you know, you're gonna have a cold feet now, and, and then worrying about it all the rest of the day. How are your feet? How are your feet? Just give them your dry socks and then, you know, sort it out later on, which is kind of a bit nasty. But, you know, but it, it really is like if someone, a problem inside your tent is solvable, a problem when you're like halfway up some like thousand feet of fixed ropes is like everyone's problem. So, so yeah, so, that, so that's the, if there are people in your team who aren't experienced, so it's like probably like being in the army, never been in the army, but it's like a lot of these things the army kayak you know a lot expedition kayaking all that kind of stuff it's all about keeping your shit together isn't there's not a lot to do but if you just if you just if you start getting lazy or you're so knackered that you can't you know do stuff then that's when like things go wrong so it's it's on you to you know if you got to do be like you got to be like shackleton like someone's got to the one who's the most capable and is less tired than everybody else has to Keep an eye on everybody else, and like, oh look, I'll put your, you know, put that in here and whatever. Like other ways to dry stuff is, um, it's always nice to fill up an algae bottle, um, fill up an algae bottle with boiling water and put that in your sleeping bag. So that's gonna, because you probably have a lot more fuel than you actually need, and you're probably gonna be able to get a lot of fuel for other people who've got too much fuel than they need. So, you know, filling up an algae bottle. Uh, it, it basically boosts the heat inside your sleeping bag straight away, and when that, and then you've got water to drink in the night. Like every time you piss, you, if, on on my Substack, uh, Andy Substack, Andy Kett Patrick or whatever, there's a thing on there at the moment about piss bottles, basically. So I would recommend you get like a one and a half liter piss bottle and uh, mark it up. Make sure people know what it is because because bulk's not so not such such a big issue. And like a one and a half liter piss bottle is kind of better for those kind of exp- uh, you know expeditions on uh, like tents and stuff. There'd be a lot, there'd be a lot of sitting around drinking tea, and you don't want to have to be pissing all the time. So, and if you're a woman, then pissing into an algae bottle is it's probably a more than half liter bottle is probably too big to piss into because you have to like anyway. So you, you're probably better with a one liter piss bottle. So. But yes, but it's you're gonna you're gonna be pissing a lot, and so anyway, so every time you piss in the night, you need to drink some water out of your Nalgene bottle, um, rather than just waking up really really dehydrated. Um, but you can also say you've got um some wet kit, you could put the uh, you know you could wrap you could wrap it in the Nalgene bottle, and you could wrap it around the Nalgene bottle, or uh, if if stuff is if you don't want to contaminate your sleeping bag. The other thing to do is to lie on top of on lie on top of it, underneath your sleeping bag, 
so you would say you've got like a very damp um, shell jacket like you don't want to just leave it out in the porch because it's going to freeze and maybe it'd be all right if it freezes if tomorrow the weather's good it'll dry really really quickly anyway when you when you're moving but if you want to if you want to start the day with everything like ship shape then just lying on it is actually kind of effective as long as it's not so wet you know you can always put something over the top of it like if you've got like your carry mat then a damp piece of cloth you know damp um shell and then your fleece jacket over the top of it to kind of it's kind of it's weird what what kind of works like well in those situations it's not it's not it's basically fundamentally on any of these trips it's the things that are a problem and never the things you think about is probably not going to be like falling down a crevasse and hanging there, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. It's going to be something, um, you know, something sort of silly or stupid or small, really. So, yeah, so, so yeah, so make so I would, I would try and have a late, probably a little too late now because you're going tomorrow, but you know, you want like a layering system that is almost more what you would be using if you're going fell running or you know like you know you know walking somewhere and uh, another thing about your clothing is the number one issue you're probably going to have is the heat not the cold uh, you know you're going to you're going to be in you're probably going to be in in places where the heat is the is the biggest issue um because you're going to be moving lower down the glacier so the heat the sun the light so you want you want a system where you you basically want every bit of your skin covered up either for the sun or for the cold and wind when you get higher up so you always want to be wearing full underwear and i would also wear stuff on my hands you know get some thinny gloves wear those and i would also like cover my face or really good hat with a visor um you want to want with a visor because you might have to wear it under a helmet um you want like those outdoor research kind of hats you want something coming down the back covering your neck you want to wear a buff so you can pull it over your face you want your sunglasses and like if you if you like i really hate putting sun cream on so i would i always prefer to um to 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 cover my cover myself because sun cream is not that effective it's only effective a certain amount of time but it it rubs off it wears off it it doesn't it's not that good so like generally i think well you know when i went to antarctica and then when i went to greenland you know it's probably that's like three months in a really high uv kind of atmosphere i don't think i ever put any sun cream on but i was always like covered up and if you see the damage that it does to people like you know if you get if you get caught on day one in the sun, you know your lips can be in such a state, and they'll never they won't recover till you get down, and it could be so bad that you have to go down. It's you you know it's like you know just like imagine like burning your lips with a you know with a candle and then trying to go on like a four week holiday, you know it really is like super super extreme like the the sun. So be really really careful, um, you know like. This, you know, maybe maybe take sun cream so when you're hanging around at you know at the camp, you know one of the camps when you're sort of acclimatizing, you're not like walking around like the mummy. But um, when you generally when you're moving around, just have like a zero zero tolerance to to sun like getting on your getting on your skin. It's only when the when it's cloudy, you're still getting UV rays coming through the clouds. So I don't think that's going to protect you. Um, you 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 probably get you probably get like a good instinct for when 
you're you're okay but generally you know you're going to transition from the sun and the uv to um the uh as you get higher it's going to be the cold and the wind and everything else so a lot of base a lot of base layers most base layers are going to be fine for keeping out the sun uh, if it's that brinier sort of mesh underwear that's less effective because it's got holes in it um you could even you know even lower down on the glacier you might even want to uh use a cotton something cotton over the top like a cotton t-shirt over the top of a base layer because that's going to help suck some of the moisture out and it might help you like cool off a bit and also creates a little bit of a um a windproof well not windproof but like a wind stopperish kind of layer over, over the top a bit like how you know fell runners you know used to wear like heli hansen with like a t-shirt over the top so so yeah and you know any any bit of like your hands are kind of not as your hands are more robust when it comes to sun because i've had sun on on them all all the time so uh you don't want to just just, just, just don't be like skiing around in your un, in your underpants uh so yeah i guess that's it um but if the the um is it my, uh, oh no so number two um what food would you take on such a trip all dehydrated now like dehydrated food is easy um it's just easy to take and it's not that expensive maybe when maybe when i went to, when we went to denali i think we had we probably had nearly like two months food and i think it only cost us like 160 you know, the dehydrated food probably cost us like 160 dollars or maybe it was it wasn't it wasn't that expensive for if you if you imagine like eating out every night for like two months how expensive that would be it wasn't too it wasn't too bad um you, you the the biggest problem with dehydrated food is you haven't tried it before so you you if you're like a if you're a fussy eater then you know you're gonna be in trouble so i would get like a i would get a wide variety of dehydrated food now dehydrated food is like there's 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 arguments for and against but um you definitely want dehydrated food above um 14,000 feet camp 4 because it's you know it's um it's it's, it's light it's you don't have to think about it you know you pour the you pour the water in you leave it for a while um one one thing worth getting like you, you if you if you're really anal about it you can take all the packaging you can transfer all the dehydrated food into something else like a plastic plastic bags and whatever but it's probably it's probably not worth it so just leave it all in the bags so you know how you know how much water it has because they're all different you want it shows you where the water needs to go to and everything else one thing worth getting if you if you've got one is um get like a long one of those plastic clippers that that you can close the bag with even if it, even if it's just like one edge of it so it, you know you cut the bag at a slight angle so it's not fully open all the way along because what you want to do is you want to pour the water in so the water wants to be boiling hot like make sure it's boiling hot not like you know off hot put put the water in um squeeze all the air out uh, as much as you can and then put the clipper on and clip it closed and then put it inside your 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 clothing when like this is when you're high up when it's when it's very very cold put it inside your clothing like if you just kind of um 
generally if you just close the seal it's got like a seal on all the, all these things you pour the water in push the air out and then like pull this seal thing close like as like a ziplock thing but um very often you kind of forget it's in there and you start going to get, grab something like a mars bar and it all like spills out inside your clothing which isn't which isn't great so that's that's kind of a handy thing to have um when you're having dehydrated food the biggest issue is make sure that it's completely mixed so it's worth taking either a long a very long spoon like a long you know like camping spoon so it's you need to have like a six inch handle like a long handle or take a chopstick just take a just take one chopstick and just like really mix up the corners because it's really nasty when you get a big mouthful of like just dehydrated food that's not uh dehydrated um so yeah so get and get like a get like a mixture and realize that as you get higher your 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 appetite is probably going to decrease you probably get a you probably again you're probably going to be all right up to a certain height or ideally you want to you want to be able to keep eating stuff but as you get to a certain height you're going to find it harder to eat so generally you might find that you might only want to have um like share one meal between two people where lower down where you're doing more effort you you might you might want a whole one to yourself and you can also um you know have have those meals for breakfast as well you know if you're going to set out on a long day you know to the summit you might be as you might be better if you you know if there's one dehydrated meal you really really like you know and you're not going to puke it up when you when you eat it then you might be you might be well just to have one of those for your breakfast and then you know and and use that instead for for breakfast my my favorite kind of breakfast is just something that you can eat cold so i i prefer like sort of muesli harvest crunch what we call it all that kind of that kind of stuff rather than porridge or or stuff that needs cooking so you just um you know you just you just want to pre-mix that that portion of uh of breakfast with your with your milk powder already in there in a bag and then you just um you know stick it into your into your bowl or whatever into your cup into a if you if you you can use like one of the old just clean out one of the old um dehydrated food bags so you can put your cereal in there higher up so you don't need to take a bowl or anything you know so then you just and then just eat it and it's uh you can use the water that you put in the sleeping bag um in the night before just use that and you can eat it in your sleeping bag so it's still what you know so you're nice and warm inside your sleeping bag and that and that that saves a huge amount of time like I would recommend that you have a system where you only use the stove once a day, um, so you don't put the stove on at all in the morning. You and to do that, you need to take um, maybe like a flask each, like a one half liter flask, you know, like a classic kind of metal flask. And you just—I've uh, covered this on the podcast before—but you basically in the evening um, you just fill up all the flasks, and the flasks go in your sleeping bag, or just you know you just need to be somewhere. No, don't, don't be, don't have them in the snow. But so you just put them somewhere, and then uh, um, and then in the morning, and you and you and you fill everybody's water bottles, and everything is you know you've got all your water uh, ready. So you wake up, you wake up in the morning, and you get your uh, you pour some of the hot water into your mug and you have your cup of tea 
and then you uh, you get some water from your bottle, your cold water. I don't like hot water in cereal. You have your cereal, and ideally, when everything's when you've had your breakfast, you still have at least one or two liters of water, depending on how much you drink. Like don't don't end up carrying like two liters of water every day and only drinking one liter, and the other liter like freezes. Just work out how much water you feel like you need, which might not be what they recommend, and. Um, so that so that means you basically you wake up and within half an hour you can be packing up and leaving where if you're waking up and trying to light the stove prime the stove you know you know all that kind of stuff you could be there for like two or three hours so and that is the coldest point part of the day and that's the that's the part of the day when you want to be getting up and moving you don't want to be setting off too late and uh so yeah so i'd, I'd recommend that i don't you and also you're reducing, like if you're, uh, you're just reducing the amount of moisture in the air, in the tent, really, um, in in the morning. It just, it's just, it's just like a, the way, the way to do it, basically. Like just don't, just use your stove like once a day. Like if you're, if you're having a day when you're in, when you're like acclimatizing, just sitting around, then you should like just brew up all day long. Like every two hours, make another cup of tea you know eat, eat, eat as much food as you can and really like chill out but when it's like time to be getting shit done then don't be using your stuff in the morning just get up and get and get going and have everything just have a really good system um like it, if it, when it comes to taking down your tent like this is you know this is stand as this build as this like everyone knows exactly what they do um don't let your tent blow away <laughs> you know when you you want to take the take the poles out, then you want to roll it backwards towards the back of the tent where you've got your you know your skis or your your you know your wands or whatever. And then when it's rolled up, then stick it in a bag like a big bag. Don't don't carry like a little tiny stupid tent bag. You know, roll it up and put the whole rolled tent like in your pulk. So you just in the night you just take it out stick the stick the stakes in at the back roll the tent up put the poles in you know so you just don't let your tent blow away basically uh one person one when the tent's up one person goes in and digs out the um a, a trench at the front of the tent to put your feet into um then someone else is like bringing in the sleeping bags and the mats from the back of the tent and just just to make sure that everyone is doing something one person's like sorting out a wall you know building a wall uh when you know when the when everything's ready someone can can start boiling water for a tea or whatever and the other pair the other two people three people can be building the wall around the tent um and as you're building the wall that person could be giving them a drink hot drink uh, you know and just just try to like if you're often a good thing is to eat something or drink something just before you start doing all the camp stuff because if you just get really knackered you're, you're not going to do a good job you're going to get in the tent you didn't build a wall you know you, you the stuff that's not out of the thing you know like have lots of you know you always want you always want to mark everything so if everyone's got like a yellow stuff sack and the yellow stuff sack's got like the you know the stove in it and it's also got the first aid kit in it and it's got your you know all your your porno magazines or whatever yeah you know it's not it's not good see everyone everyone everything has to be marked and um you know so and everyone's got a job and it's not about being democratic it's like you know this you're good at digging you're good at digging holes you do that i'll I'll just you know i'm good at getting the stove going i'll get the stove going and 
and uh, you know, and make sure you've got everything you need inside the tent. Make sure you've got enough fuel. Make sure you, there's nothing you can have to go out and get anything. Uh, or, uh, you know, if you try and have a crap at the same time every day, if you can have a crap, you know, go out in the morning, have a crap. Don't be like halfway through the afternoon. Oh, I need to have a crap. So just get into a routine of having a crap. Get your your shit cans uh, sorted out so people knows know where they are. Um, like you can have a shit on the inside inside of the tent in your pit but it's not it's not recommended if you want to you know it's not very pleasant for everybody else but you know if you're tough if you're roughy toughies maybe you'll have to do it but um, and then um uh so yeah so that's uh is there anything else about that kind of that kind of thing always make sure you've got your shovels inside the tent not outside the tent don't leave anything outside the tent unless you want to lose it um because the snow will come down and you will never find it again uh, make sure your pulks are all secured outside and make sure they're upside down. Make sure you've got stuff on top of them so they can't blow away. Um, the wind, uh, you know, the wind can be fucking horrendous. Uh, on any mountain, like, the wind can destroy a house, let alone a tent. So make sure your your tent is in good good working order. Um, you've got a good wall around it. Maybe you want to have a double wall around it if, it, if it's really, really bad. Uh, don't allow the tent to get crushed by the snow. Like set your alarm every two hours. Someone has to go out and dig around the tent. Don't destroy the tent by scratching it with a shovel. It might. It's, off, it's sometimes worth uh, having something like you can get these like plastic, um, almost like a like a kiddie kind of shovel. Not a shovel. It's like a piece of bent plastic, a bit of polycarbonate. Sometimes it's good to have something like that. Uh, or even like said the back the back plastic part of a, out of a rucksack rather than risk um rather than risk damage you know ripping the tent like if you know if you've got a small piece of dint in your shovel and you scrape it along the side of the tent you could like you can just like rip the tent in half you know there's a huge hole in the tent so yeah, so ca- carry carry repair stuff for repairing your tent we don't want to be repairing your tent in the middle of a storm so yeah so just be really careful you just you you just have to remove as much. You don't have to remove all the snow off the tent. You can usually just use your hand to brush it off. But you're mainly trying to remove down, you know, all the snow that's going kind to of piling up. When you build a wall in around your tent, um, like make sure you you create enough space to walk around the tent easily, so you can actually go around digging all the stuff out. And and sometimes you might be better with a with a smaller wall where which will mean that the the wind actually blows all the snow off your tent rather than a massive wall that you know that dumps all the snow on the other side of the wall where your tent is so it's a it depends how 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 secure your tent is and how where the wind's blowing from if you've got double poles single poles uh like if if it starts getting really dicey you know you can always go out and dig dig some more you know dig some more of a you know dig more of a wall but you know, it's, there's no, there's, there's no like, you know, the part for it, you have to be careful of other tents drifting onto your tent. So I, I would always keep your tent about, you know, like 20, 20, 30 meters away from anybody else's tent. So that, that includes if there's, if there's a team of you, I would probably, uh, unless you're all in the same wall, you know, build a wall around two tents. Uh, you always have to be careful that. If you get a big drift on one tent, it would like it's, like, it's actually drifting onto your tent, which is, you know, a, a problem. It might not, it's probably not going to be 
it might, it might happen there. I've seen it happen in like a day. So that's one thing to think about. So, so non-dehydrated food. Now, I someone once told me that only take food on expedition that you would eat at sea level. Because if you don't like it at sea level, you're not going to like it on a mountain. So you will find that you, you always want like a mix of um, sweet and savoury things. So don't just take chocolate and sweets. You want like, uh, you know, all sorts of like savoury, you know, savoury things as well. Like, you know, the, your nuts and all that kind of shite. But you you want you want like a, a mixture of those kind of things. Um, You know, like food throughout the day is like important sort of the, you know, I, I quite like quite like m&ms because it's like nuts and it's chocolate but it's probably not good for you but um you know if you, if you don't like the muesli bars you know and you go on denali you're not going to eat them because they'll just get you just want to eat them so, so make sure you've got stuff you know like salami uh, cheese um all that kind of stuff that you can eat you know, throughout the day so i but i would i would probably recommend um low down on the mountain like going up to like going going around to Windy Corner, you've got a you've got to carry a fair amount of kit around there. So probably up to Camp Three, is it? I would maybe try and use non-dehydrated food because it's actually quite easy angled going up to there. It's not a big deal, and you've got your pulk. Um, if you can, you're often better having two pulks that are half full, like connected one behind the other, rather than one pulk that's really full. And you'll find that the the pulk behind or the pulk in front will stabilise the pulk connected to it. If you if you're going over like a bit of sastrugi, the pulk behind will stop the pulk in front from tipping over. And as the back one goes over the sastrugi, the pulk in front will stop the back one from tipping over. And you just connect it with some um, some cord. And if you were skiing down or um, if there was a lot of sastrugi. You can you can sometimes connect them side by side, which can make them makes them kind of more stable. But you've got to, you know, it's more of a, a furrow to, to to pull it pull it down. Um, so yeah, so I would you know the classic things pasta romana is the is the way to go, which is just um, garlic, olive oil, and some um, get some chili chili flakes and some parmesan cheese. Now that'll probably do you for the for the whole expedition. So you know you you cook your pasta and you, know, you cook your you cook you cook your pasta in your in your water, um, and then you uh, make sure it's a uh, you know make sure you got plenty of water in there, and make sure it's boiling. Don't put that pasta in. So you put the you put the pasta you cook your pasta, and then you just want to uh, chop up your garlic, put your garlic in in some olive oil and. Um, and uh, you can you can I guess you could transfer the anyway it's, it's a little bit it depends how you you got to work out a way of doing it that's not messy because you don't want to be doing too much washing up but it is you basically just cook your cook your pasta you put you put your uh, ideally you want to fry your garlic and your olive oil and don't be skimping on the olive oil like like fat people tell you fat's not good at high altitude well you're not you're not that high so it doesn't really matter so. Your fat, your garlic, your uh, you probably you probably yeah use fresh garlic. Why not? And your, your chili flakes. You could put some. You put lots of salt. Make sure you put loads and loads of salt in your pasta. Now you want a tablespoon of salt in your pasta, like not on the pasta, but like when you're in the boiling water. 
so you you do what you do all that and then uh you basically put your you, when you drain it you, you put your uh you put it all on you put the oil on with the and you mix it all together then you grate shitload of parmesan cheese on it and that's it that's past pasta romana and that is uh i reckon that is the the thing for for uh for expeditions and everyone will be sitting there with their fucking dehydrated dehydrated you know cow shit where it is what people eat on the mountain and you'll be there like, hey so um you know it's seeing you from the north you might want some dehydrated yorkshire puddings or something as well or black pudding so so yeah so so non you know you you, you can go to town like bacon is bacon is also really good um you know eggs it's kind of you could hard boil you could boil you know you could like cook some stuff before you went but you have got more heat lower down on the mountain so that's probably not so good but you know bagels are fantastic i would take shitloads of bagels um i would take butter but you're gonna have to transfer it into something else like an algae bottle because it's going to melt and you know things like get sort of those little condiment things condiment of like tomato sauce or whatever you know things like bacon <laughs> bacon bagels you know for breakfast on your days when you when you're acclimatizing they are they are damn good damn good with some cheese on as well so yeah so don't you know you're you're on your holidays like don't you know don't <laughs> don't make it too grim and and as you as you're going up you're going to find that 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 food is um you know all that heavy stuff all that heavy kind of food is going is decreasing as well so once you get around to yeah probably going around um maybe take some of that food with you if you're going around uh a windy corner um that i think that's one of the that's like a that's yeah that's quite a long that's a quite a long day going around windy corner if you've got a you got loads of stuff. Like try and keep the weight, try and keep the weight down on all your stuff. Like don't don't go crazy with like carrying like loads and loads of stuff. Like try and you know try and um, you know try and keep it light as as much as much as you can. Um, don't take loads of you know just take the clothes you're we- you're wearing and then your your you know your storm clothes like as in your duvet jacket and your extra mitts and all that kind of stuff. Like carry some extra mitts um so yeah so that's yeah so so like a mix a mixture of dehydrated and non non dehydrated food um i always like take soup but I, I never find i tend to eat it like i always you know i just don't seem to eat it um so i, just, I mainly just drink like biscuits are good uh like you know like, look, don't get too bogged down in what is um nutri- nutritious and stuff i like, just take what you really like like you know, like nothing better than at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, you've got your cup of tea and you've got your some chocolate digestives or something. Ginger biscuits are better because they don't break as easily. But you know, you got your biscuits, cup of tea, you got your book. It's a mate. It's like that is that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> Drinking tea and eating your biscuits. So number three, any thoughts on clothing combos? where to cope with the huge range of weather and how to make sure you protect against frostbite so i've covered the covered the heat stuff um so basically basically it's it's kind of the same kind of clothing you would wear you know on ben nevis that kind of clothing because you're going to be moving like when you're not moving you're going to be in a tent you're either going to be moving or you're going to be 
preparing to move or preparing to stop or or stopped so that the the chances of you going along and going like oh i'm so cold i'm dying of hypothermia it's probably not going to happen if you have experience of um of winter mountaineering and everything else you should know you know you're like i'm not really warm and i'm not really cold which is like that's the ideal if you're like i'm very sweaty but i know i'm going to stop soon i'm not that sweaty and i I think my clothes can deal with it and if they don't uh, when i stop i'll put my duvet jacket on um and i'll be okay like you you know you know that you don't want to be someone who like sets off in their base layer and they don't put their um they don't put their warp, you know, their shell on, and they're kind of it's in the bag, and they can't get it off, and they're going up the fixed ropes, and they get really, really cold, and they get wet because the 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 base the base layer gets snow on it, and it melts in, and then they get even more wet, and they're just wet to their core, and then it the, you know it gets suddenly gets so much colder, and before they know it, they can't use their fingers, and they can't get the bag open to get their more clothes on, and it's kind of it just kind of compounds one thing after the other. So the, you know, so so get, get, you know, keeping out the wind, having clothing that's appropriate for what you're doing. Like it could be like in the Antarctic, you know, often you're wearing just like your base layers with a with with the shell over the top. Um, you don't, you know, you don't want to be setting off for much of it. Or, you know, with your big fleece, you know, your big fleecy. Uh, solar pets and your you know all the all these kind of things you know you want you probably want to be wearing sort of less than that like maybe you know power stretch kind of stuff is good um it's not too thick it's stretchy it sort of does, it copes well with with moisture and stuff uh people will often wear more kind of soft shelly kind of trousers rather than wearing like mountaineering rather than rather than, rather than wearing shell trousers but you'd probably you need to have your shell trousers with you as well because they're they're just not effective in a in a proper storm. They're good when it's um, you know sort of cold and dry and mild and the sun's out and things. But you want you want you know you want to if you're on like a big route on Ben Nevis in the middle of a wintry Scottish storm, you don't want to be in your soft shell trousers. Um, you know, if you thought like, oh, we can get top of this route, we might have to bivy out. You know, what clothing would you like to have? Like for me, you know, the classic is like f- for expedition clothing would be like, you know, proper soft shell, like, um, you know, like buffalo kind of thing where you, you haven't got like a hard shell at all. You've just got, you know, something that's c- stopping the wind and it's easy to vent and everything else. So, so, yeah, so the clothing is more down to your own, but you, but you don't want you don't want to be buying. You got you don't really you know like you go, you go in and you say I want to buy what's the thickest fleece you've got, you know you get this like massive heavy fleece and then you're just like sweating your ass off like all every time you put it on, you know. But really you want to you want to imagine you're doing something very athletic because you get you can you can't be carrying like a big heavy rucksack quite a lot of the time. You know, that's going to keep you warm and. Um, but you want to then have your big it doesn't have to be that big but you know you want your duvet jacket to throw on as soon as you as soon as you stop put on your duvet jacket um if you've got like you know some people wear you know like down trousers or whatever but you're only going to need them for like fanning around like low down when it if it's cold and for the summit day but even then you're probably not going to 
you're probably not going to need that. Um, it's worth making sure you, <laughs> you, you package your balls and all that kind of stuff are not too exposed. Like remember your your core, like your the core of your body extends down to your to your balls basically. So you know if you you could have this like amazing down jacket, but it only goes if it only goes to your belly button. You know there's like there's a part of your body that's left out in the cold. So um, you know make sure your make sure everything is uh, like if you if your balls and all that kind of stuff and your bits are all you know, well insulated, then you will probably feel warmer than, um, than not, you know, like, uh, like I'm only saying like, if you're, if you just, if you're just going along and you've just got your base layer on, on your bottoms and a shell, then you, you know, you might feel like your, <laughs> your dick might fall off if it's like super cold, which is not, not conducive to, to what you're doing. Um, and uh yeah so like you know down down clothing or whatever it doesn't have to be like some sort of himalayan weight clothing um like you're almost as good to have like a medium like a lightweight down jacket and then a medium a medium weight down jacket that you wear over the top of it when you need it so you know the classic kind of you know, like, you know, like a prism, like, is it prism, like a montane prism, not down jacket, but, you know, like a, some kind of medium lightweight sort of synthetic jacket might be, might be better than, than just carrying this humongous, like, you know, huge, heavy, like sleeping bag with arms kind of thing. And, uh, but yeah, as I say, it's not, it's probably like we were up there, you know, at minus, minus 50 and we did have, we did have, we, we were wearing, uh, like basically like synthetic, big, thick, synthetic, uh, solar pets, which were probably like, you know, like an inch thick or whatever, like fiber, fiber fill, not fiber pile, fiber, you know, like synthetic insulation. And then, a, and then the jacket with the same material that went right down to your thighs. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's pretty damn cold, but you know the your, your the biggest concern was always like not getting too hot it wasn't really about getting cold like you shouldn't really be getting too cold unless you get stuck you know something happens you get stuck so that's why you want to when you go to the top you need to have the the stuff with you in case you get stuck for some reason you don't want like one sleeping bag between two people you need like a i would probably take a shovel for each person um you want a stove you want some fuel some food and all that kind of stuff and you need you need the you need the kit where if something was to happen you could dig in and you'd be totally fine you know you'd you'd, you'd come you come out of it as you went into it basically but if you go up there and something goes wrong like nigel vardy and if you haven't met nigel vardy but he's got like no nose no fingers no toes so you know, something went wrong on denali for him and uh, that's what happened so you want the, and and also you don't know you might need you might have all your shit together and you might come across someone who didn't and you might need to have to help them so, it's a you know it's a it's a good thing, and like route finding, on Denali it's like I wouldn't you know you're basically following like a big, track most of the way, uh, even even in the even in the winter time you could sort of work out where people have been, um, but um. You know, you need you still need to don't be complacent. Like if you're carrying a GPS and things, like learn how to use it. Uh, learn, you know, it's quite hard to get a good map of Denali for some reason. But you know, 
you know, try try and have all that, you know, try and have it all sorted out. Like a good thing to get is to go on Google Images or, or Google Earth and uh, screen grab all the images of the the, the of Denali uh, with the. You can see the you can see the route going up it. You can see all the people and the camps and stuff. And that's kind of that's kind of a handy thing to have. You can sort of identify where things are, and in in um, in terms of like dying on it the the one the one place is um when you get to top, when you get to top of motorcycle hill is it called squirrel hill or something there's a bit that goes up from the top of motorcycle hill up to squirrel point or something some kind of beaver point or something and it's kind of when we were there it was very icy and it and if you were to fall you would like you would fall right down the other side which would not would not not be good um so that was the only bit that where I, like you have to be a little bit careful on the ridge. Like the the fixed ropes are fine. Um, the fixed ropes could be a complete nightmare if you if you were a complete if you didn't know what you're doing. But I hopefully you know what you're doing with the the Jumars or whatever. Like what, make sure whatever you've got that it that it's um, you know how to use it basically, and you can get it on and off without taking your. And if you can take your gloves off, make sure your your mitts are all attached to you in somehow so you can't drop them. But you know, if you haven't got your shit together, that could be a bit of a nightmare uh, going up there. But it's, it's it's kind of it's kind of fine. You just have to you know have a good you know know what you're doing. And uh, yeah, so the like the the fixed ropes are fine. The ridge is the ridge is fine. It's just like a ridge. Like if you roped up with somebody, there are like. St- there are buried stakes with you can clip into with so take some um lightweight you know sort of carabiners and stuff for clipping into as you move it just move along together make sure your crampons you make sure you feel very confident on your feet with your crampons uh probably take like one ice axe and one ski pole for going along the along the ridge or something <coughs> like a long ice axe that is really handy if you're doing the west buttress so yeah that's the the only the only bit i i thought was a bit bit spicy was going up up to squirrel squirrel point and there is there are like crevasses pretty much everywhere so you know be really don't be complacent uh when you you know try and stay within the boundaries of where you've where you've checked for no crevasses don't go off wandering around um uh, make sure make sure everything make sure everything that goes on your pulk on the outside of your pulk uh if you've got like a, ideally you want a bag to put everything inside, uh, but make sure everything is, anything on the outside of your pulk is connected to the pulk. Like don't just trust straps or bungee cord or whatever. Like make sure it's like physically clipped into something else because then it's very easy to lose stuff off of, off the top of a pulk. Like your pulk flips upside down, keep dragging it along because you're, you're so sick of it and your tent, you know, pulls off the top and rolls down and, um and stuff like that so make sure everything is connected to everything else uh when you're using your pulk um uh your pulks are pulks are kind of i would definitely bring my pulk all the way up to up to fourteen thousand feet because it's just like kind of handy it doesn't weigh very much it's kind of handy just take one pulk um for, you know stick your, stick your stuff on it uh, uh i guess that's i guess that might be it i think for my advice and yeah just don't forget you know your your face look after your face 
your hands, your feet, um, but your face definitely get some, you know, good, good, get some good goggles. If you're going to wear your goggles, uh, don't be taking them on and off all the time. I ideally put them on in the tent or, you know, put them on. Um, is it hot to cold? If you, if you take something from the cold to the hot, that's when you get condensation. So if you've got things like your camera, uh, and all that kind of stuff, that's, that's where you're going to get condensation on it when you bring it into the tent. So it's good to have like a Ziploc, you know, Ziploc bag, put your, put any electronics like in there. Um, don't switch any electronics on. If this is, if this is when you're higher up and it's super cold, you know, don't switch anything on until it's, uh, you think it's, is, is, you know, it's not too cold because otherwise you might get condensation on it. So you, and it might destroy it. So, you know, put, put your camera, your phone, whatever in a Ziploc bag and then stick it inside your sleeping bag and then don't switch it on until, you know, until it's, everything's warmed up. Um, your goggles, so put them on. Like if you're going outside and it's stormy, uh, put your goggles on and don't take them on and off. Every time you take your goggles off, snow's going to get in there and then it's going to, dampen them out and then they're going to get foggy foggy and it's a nightmare so you know try and try and leave your goggles on all the time if you look at like snowboarders they always just leave the goggles on all the time they're not like sticking on the helmet and whatever they just just leave them on uh, lower down you just use sunglasses uh, those like plastic things that go over your nose attach your sunglasses they're very uh very good idea um uh, tape that goes on your on your skin is kind of you know some sort of um, finger tape uh, strapel kind of tape it's kind of can be useful as well to if you get any skin damage on your skin <coughs> and um, uh, skis are highly recommended I would say low down even if you can't ski they're uh, they're they're really good up to camp uh, camp three skis are really handy. Uh, going down with skis, if you can't ski, uh, just wrap some cord around the s- skis so they um, so they don't slide downhill. They just like kind of like and when you're going uphill with skins on, they're like super duper um, snowshoes. You'll go like way faster than the snowshoes. Use a lot less energy. Uh, be safer because the crevasses and things, and they're they're really they're excellent. And then coming downhill. Um, they're kind of like super fast snowshoes. You can like shoosh along, and they, you shouldn't be like flying off down there. And they're kind of uh, very handy if you can ski. Um, fuel, you're probably going to use white gas. Uh, you buy that from the from the person. Um, don't yeah, don't take too much fuel. Uh, I can't remember what our how much fuel you use. Like we we had a we had like a windshield on our stove which was a bit like a tranja. So we had like a, a Whisperlite stove. Like Whisperlites are great, are great for everything because they're quieter than an, an XGK. Uh, so Whisperlite, and it was basically like a tranja, but it was actually just made out of um, a piece of me- a piece of uh, aluminium. Was it aluminium? It's basically like off eBay, like a very, very thin piece, a sheet of aluminium, I think. And I just cut it. And it folded around, it had some hole, a hole in the bottom for the pipe for the stove. And then it basically the pan would just sit about five centimeters. Five centimeters? Mm, maybe that's too much. Mm, one centimeter. Anyway, it sit, sat a little bit above where it should do on the stove. And that just meant that it combusted all the carbon monoxide in the stove, which was which is very handy if you have to cook inside your tent. 
in a storm. So as soon as you put a pan on the stove, that's when you get start getting the carbon monoxide. And if you have like a, a reactor kind of stove, like a, a you know a jet boil kind of stove, like the the carbon monoxide is going to be off the is it dioxide, whatever it is, the one that kills you, uh, it's going to be off off the charts. So um, as soon as you use any stove and you put the pan on it, that's when you need like good ventilation. Um, but when there's nothing on it, you don't need to worry about it unless you have unless you elevate it. Um, uh, and if you if you've got any like days when you're not doing anything, low down, some rest days, I would like practice. I would practice building a uh, a survival trench. Um, you know that's a good thing to, to, to practice digging a snow hole. Um, just kind of practice the stuff that could like save you, like <laughs> save you like higher up on the mountain. Um, practice building an igloo. That's a good thing to. You need like a good, a good snow saw. Um, and uh, yeah, just like just have fun. I guess that's what all I'm. That's all I'm saying. Have fun, and it's not as it's you know it's a great experience, and you'll have a you'll have a great time. You come back and you will be like, eee, by gum, that was that was a grand day out. So, so yeah. And uh, I don't know what your chances are of getting to the top. Like the chances of getting many of the many of the things are going to be about down to things out of your control, like the weather. You can't force it basically. If the weather's not playing, you can't force it. But just don't fail because of things that were in your control or don't kill yourself because of things that were in your control so just be um just play a long game take it slowly don't rush uh the beginning of the trip go much slower than you want to because you've got a lot of stuff to work out you've got team dynamics you've got kit dynamics so just go a bit slower at the beginning like if you get bad blisters and horrendous sunburnt lips on day one you basically it's over so just just like take it slowly and just um you know speed up as you get you know <laughs> speed up at the point where you have to slow down um and uh yeah and have a have a take lots of photographs and uh and tell us how you tell us how we got on so okay that'll that'll be it for now we've got some other questions for another time but that's me talked talking for too long and uh until next time um that's me signing out goodbye Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.